Hey, Ricky, you know what's awesome? What's that, Billy? Creep Show and Creep Show 2. Absolutely. Smoking the Bandit or whatever that Creepshow Two was that that you know I was like you know twelve years old when that came out so um, that hit me you know it's like so so watching Creep the first Creepshow like it was it had been around I'd seen it or whatever but but Creepshow Two is the one that is in my heart like that's the wow. that's the the, the Creepshow um, as you can see I'm wearing my cool bootleg creep show shirt that i got from texas frightmare <laughs> weekend um but yeah i but the whole series though like you could you could pretty much play them all back to back anthology series and it is it's awesome yeah <laughs> so how about yourself yeah. how, how'd you come I, along i jumped on when the first one came out and just never looked back man it was uh, uh i just i'm i'm that way about the first one and I uh, actually had a copy of it duped onto a Betamax tape that I watched nice. at my dad's house a lot. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the first one to me, it, of course, you got the Savini effects going on. And, wow. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about these as we go. Hey, my phone's slipping. <laughs> <laughs> Taking off on me. Got a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so I do love the second one too, man. Uh, thanks for the ride, lady. Yeah. Got me, got me as a kid. <laughs> thanks. Well, all of them. That's why I'm saying it's like you know, because there's only three, and so the impact yeah. of of each one. And again, not not specifically that any one of them's better than anyone in the first one. I just remember specifically, obviously, the raft and being like just sitting there, just like, oh my god. You know, it made you it made you scared of you know tar bars at the beach. It made yeah. you scared of paper or plastic bags. Um, if you if you ever went someplace and and saw trash floating in a lake, you're like, oh, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the bad. Yeah. The bad Absolutely, bad thing. man. And and when you're a kid and you're swimming, do you not look back and think, man? <laughs> I hope I'll nothing. <laughs> I hope a toxic muck is not chasing me. Yeah, so since we're filming here, it's my good, like, perfect condition VHS of Creepshow. Nice. I was going to get um, Tom Savini to sign, but I forgot it in my in, uh, back at the hotel, which when Scott and I went there last time, it was like a good 45-minute shuttle ride back, back and forth to where we – so we'd go over there and, like, load up on loot and then check the schedule to make sure there wasn't anything super awesome going on and then go back and dump it all off and then go back and get more. <laughs> and I'd forgotten my uh, my creep show. <laughs> Man, uh, I've got uh, I've got just the old plain Jane up here. So yeah, so just the old regular that yep. style, <laughs> right? The old school, the original. Yeah, yeah. We need to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But now, nah, dude, like. That's one thing about anthologies too, is you can kind of come into it. You don't have to watch the whole movie. You can, you know, you can just pop it in. And uh, that was what was so cool about getting this. I got this one at a thrift store, you know, it was 30 year old VHS, but it hadn't been rewound. So when I popped it in, <laughs> you know, it, it was starting like right on the crate. And I was like, whoever, wow. whoever, uh, 
whoever ended the movie last time ended on the end of uh, with Leslie Nelson drowning, right? And then like right, right into uh, <laughs> end of Fluffy. But, I'm not going any further than that. <laughs> yeah, but then you just rewound it and watch it through. But no, dude, like, and then yeah. you've got this 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 trifecta of horror godhood. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, like all the stories are written by Stephen King, who was mm-hmm. completely at his super coked out prime. Like this is <laughs> this is the drugged out Stephen King that um, the '80s were made of. Yep. You know, and you have Tom Savini who's already pretty well established as a as a special effects guy but he's still he's still doing like horror effects with like corn syrup and oatmeal and he's still experimenting with different stuff you know he's which i'm I'm pretty sure he still does those guys don't ever really grow out of the you know the simplicity that got them where they are they just figure out new and different ways to make it last longer i guess and Savini um, is a is a story all to himself. I mean, if you do any study of kind of his background, which I do have something that I'm going to post on uh, our YouTube channel, kind of a special thing that is Savini related. And uh, yeah, I mean, when you hear him talk about his experiences in Vietnam, he was a photographer in Vietnam, and that's where all this came from. He just imagined, well, you could take a little of this, a little of that, little meatloaf or a little oatmeal mm-hmm. and there you go and and uh it's it, it was the industry standard nobody was doing what he was capable of doing at that time and and yeah these these movies are full of fantastic effects and you take people all the k and b guys under his wing teaching them how to do all the stuff and look where they've taken it i mean they're mm-hmm. you know award winning effects team so yeah savini's the man yeah, oh, dude. Um, you know, we were talking about Rick Baker, you know, mm. last week, week before, I don't know. <laughs> At some point we were talking about special effects and Rick Baker and practical effects and, you know, um, and those guys just come, again, from a – and Savini, too, you know, he I, I know his, his history in Vietnam, but whenever he was trying to put together – visual effects when he's going to work in the movies and he's like okay well let's let's make something look like something you know there wasn't a batch like you can go down to the halloween store now and you can buy latex and yeah. you can buy blood you can at least buy some prefab stuff that stuff didn't exist back then they were inventing it and yeah you know so the director's like okay this scene calls for some extra gory face gook <laughs> and then he's <laughs> sitting around with goes to the grocery Better. store like, How do I literally, do that? Like, going to the grocery <laughs> store or, you know, mixing up uh, rubber and latex and stuff. And I, like uh, Rick Baker was saying, he's like, man, he's surprised he's not dead because he's in his bedroom working with some of these like highly toxic, high toxic. like mix, <laughs> mixing up these, uh, these uh, wounds and stuff. But, you know, you do it for the love. And mm-hmm. it was guys like Savini and Rick Baker and Greg Nicotero that, that really – I, th- I think it brought me into a love of horror movies that are kind of outside of the story. Absolutely. Um, that it's just very much more in the, the art and the crafting of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you need Fangoria, to man. You yeah. Know? I mean, and, that's, that's, that was the draw to picking up the Fangoria magazines, right? Not only were you going to see the effects, but a lot of times they would show you how they're kind of pulling it off in some points. I mean, it, it made it, 
just a fantastic thing. You had to figure out, wow, somebody's warped mind come up with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, and I've got a little pumpkin head man out on my bench out in the garage. Um, I've got some video that's going to come out, be about a you know two minute video. I had built this. Uh, He's just a torso. He's just this little uh, ground burster, pumpkin head man. And I yeah. made, made a, you know, five fingered hands. They're oversized five fingered hands, and uh, they came up out of the ground. Um, but I made them like five years ago, so the paint mm. chipped off, and the tape came off, and they are looking pretty raggedy. So, um, and whatever props that you make kind of get start getting raggedy they get annoying because things fall off of them and you're constantly trying like you have to put them in a bag or whatever so i was like you know what either i'm gonna retire them and just chuck them or i'm gonna i'm gonna rebuild them and so i got a little pumpkin man a couple days ago and set him up on my bench and this time i did it right with the you know the proper tape and then i wrapped him in string and then i wrapped him in, in uh saran wrap and then heat gunned it so it's all gnarly then the you know the paint and the dry brush and this is a little monster sitting on my <laughs> he, he looks pretty awesome so i can't wait to show that video to everybody because uh savini jr that's <laughs> that's what i want man just like i mean i'm not i've got two little kids i always say that like my big halloween stuff is you know like i like to scare kids but i like to scare them in the uh hmm. In the happy, spooky sort of way, the right. not not like overly, but at the same right. time, you know, sometimes you just put some PVC stuff together, it doesn't look right. So, made it look all kind of swamp thing, and <laughs> it's pretty red. <laughs> but cool. yeah, man. <laughs> so I guess we just go go back and start it, the first episode, and chug along through this, or Let's how do you want on, to talk man. about these? That sounds good to me. The best I mean, way the to watch them's in order, I guess. The first one, the first story, was always one that kind of drug when you first watched it, right? As a kid, because you got the whole family situation and the old rich guy that's passed away, and they're all wanting the money. And man, the the crazy comic book feel that they give the things when things start getting a little off kilter, right? When things start mm-hmm. getting a little weird, you get the weird color designs in the background. You know, we can sit here and talk about all the Marvel movies and capturing the comic book stuff. Man, they made this movie look like a comic book, and it's amazing. They really did, and I like the effect of, like, taking from the kid who's reading the comic book and then having Mm -hmm. it zoom in on a scene at the beginning of the story and then having it zoom out at the the end where it's, you know, it's drawn in there. So it's like, yeah, and I've always, and I've always said, you know, it's like, Whenever, whenever they were making superhero movies like Spider Man or whatever, and they like they change characters and make them weird, and you're like, yeah, but but you've already got like decades of storyboarding, right? So I love the I love the fact that they took a Stephen King story, they wrote a comic book, literally like they storyboarded it out to make a movie out of it, and then they made a comic book out of the movie and just kind of yeah. circled back around, you know, the snake eating, eating its tail, but it worked yeah. so wonderful. And we didn't even talk about the opening, right? You got your bookends that, that kind of mm-hmm. tie it all together. And, I mean, come on. Tom Atkins, man. I mean, <laughs> what can you say? It's Tom Atkins and it's, it's Stephen King's son, right? That's in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and uh, the, then you got the creep looking in the window with those weird yep. eyes. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. 
And I just love the fact of there was he had that Rodan that was hanging down from his ceiling mm-hmm. that uh, was one of those toys that I always wish I would have gotten. But uh, And I passed it up. We, we were talking about going back to the mall. One of the first times I went to the mall, they had one of those, and I didn't get it, and I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, it's weird with stuff like that. It's like when I was a kid, there was there was there was I was not wanting for for anything, right? Like when I, I, I had a big family, my somebody would reach out to my mom and be like, "Hey, what's he into?" And she'd be like, "He man." And then like for Christmas, I'd get all the he man because I had like twenty aunts and uncles, and they'd right. all buy me one, and they'd just all show <laughs> up, right? So, and so I was never. It was never a matter of me being like, "Oh, you know, poor me is not the thing." It was the thing that I never had that I wish I did. But it's always the ones that you didn't have that you always remember kind of almost more than the ones you did where you're like, <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, Oh, I remember that jet. I'm like, Oh, I had that jet. I had that jet. You're like, Oh, I didn't have that jet. Like, but yeah, <laughs> like you say with the road ends, like every now and then you're like, there's certain, <laughs> certain things that I wish I had. And now I'm old and I've got money. So that's, you saw, you saw the video that just posted to YouTube. There you go. Yeah, like a lot. A lot of that's back from the future. Like I've, I've collected that since because I, I I lost it all to guitars and girls back in the day. Yeah, I get the feeling, man. Same here. <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. The 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 first one, like I said, as watching it as a kid, you're not really into the dialogue, but when you get older, you can appreciate it more because it's it hits more with the family right mm-hmm. and uh, plus I, I mean i didn't watch it too long ago either and it is a little convoluted it's kind of it is a little hard yeah. to understand because because while they're trying to get the the exposition out they're trying to explain what happened uh they're also fighting so right without without having like a narrator to be like okay well this person's this person and that person's that person and the reason things are weird is because this and this and this it kind of plays out and you really kind of don't know what's going on till the end so as a kid you're kind of like i don't get it it's just people kind of it's ed harris dancing very <laughs> that's what i'm gonna say they're, they're either fighting or they're dancing that's that's your yeah. two choices <laughs> <laughs> but man whenever whenever that uh gravestone comes down oh yeah gets him yeah, that is brutal. <laughs> yeah, like and he's yeah. in that position where he's not getting out. Like every yeah. time he moves, the grave moves just a little bit more. He moves and it moves a little bit more. So like he can yeah. just stay there and get squished, or he can try to get out and get squished. Like he's yeah, he's stuck. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> yeah. By the time that you know when 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 he first comes out of the grave and all that, from there on you're hooked, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, you kind of you kind of get get through that dialogue part. But as soon as that happens, from there on, <laughs> there's no stopping this show. And, uh, yeah. wow. I mean, uh, the whole thing. I mean, how iconic is it to see that skeleton holding that platter and saying, I finally got my cake. I mean, it's. I've seen it <laughs> so many times, and it never gets old. No, it does it does not, and then then the candle sticking out of her head. Yeah. Well, the it's, thing is, is how did this thing go? And it's one thing that it ripped a woman's head off. It's the other thing <laughs> that it found the icing, <laughs> put the <laughs> right. icing on, stuck candles in it, and lit it. And I'm like, <laughs> how good does his hands really work? 
Good enough. I mean, good enough, bad. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, that's another thing, too, is like, he's like, I want my cake. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's, yeah. he's some dead guy and he's, you know, <laughs> but he gets it. He gets it in the end. And... He sure does. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. And to, to, to pull a Hail Ming, you know, you need to watch, you, you need a reason to watch this segment. Ed Harris's dance. Like, Ed Harris. It's, it's almost the same as it's, it's not as cringeworthy as Crispin Glover in Friday the 13th part four, yeah. but it's similar. It's very, well, it's... I, I think Ed Harris is more confident in what he's doing because he even gets that little white man chicken neck strut thing he does. That yeah. Just thing. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his le- lips pooched out and starts doing his neck. It's like, yeah, don't don't do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that Friday the Thirteenth Part Four dance sequence. Oh. Like the girl, the girl's dancing all normal, and she's just like doing the best she can not to laugh like she's trying real hard not to laugh at this dude right <laughs> yeah but yeah those are, those are two great dance sequences from uh, <laughs> from the 80s <laughs> oh. all right so moving on man the lonesome yep. death of jordy Verrill. man uh this is one of those things that just like you're talking about with the kids it's, it's gateway horror right here because Scare me, but don't scare me too much. Except mm-hmm. at the very end of this thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it ends like it's just it's it's goofy. Like he yeah. he, mum, he mumbles and he's dumb and he's not supposed to touch it and he touches it and he's got like it's it's like the uh, I don't know it's 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 like he's got like a paper bag. It's like whenever you see his magicians have that like it's like tape or something and he's just like but he's not smart enough to like get it actually off of him yeah but then in the end you realize that the world's ending like (laughs) it's just a very very bleak sort of thing and the whole thing in his mind about wow this is gonna make me a lot of money and then when when he when it breaks then he goes through the scenario of it not being worth any money and just all the crazy I want to say daydreams, but that's not really what it is. But his imagination of like the doctor visit and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff is so bizarre. I, I don't remember <laughs> seeing anything like that as a kid until this movie. And it definitely was something that draw, drew me in because I never seen anything like that. Well, I think, too, that Creepshow is one of those that because it's not a... It is an adaptation of Stephen King books and stories, but prior to that, you know, it's like you have big studios making a two-hour movie out of a 500-page book, and they cut out a lot of the subplots, and they took their creative liberties with it, and yada, 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 whereas with these little short stories, you actually get to see, I mean, Creepshow plays out like Stephen King short stories read. Yep. So if you if you read a skeleton crew or different seasons or those kind of books, mm-hmm. the the narratives, the little the, the the internal dialogues of the characters and the bizarre things that they see and think and do that makes it so creepy, which makes for great horror, you lose a lot of that in other Stephen King movies. Like they couldn't really yes. do it in Christine, right? But right. 
like in, in and I think Christine's a great adaptation mm-hmm. of, of Stephen King, but in in the uh, in the book, the the guy who sells him the car in the mm-hmm. movie was like the guy's brother, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, he was he was a, you know whatever. But in the in the book, that guy had a much bigger role, and he was he was a much and they they went into much more detail in that guy and his life and who he yeah. was, and he was not a nice dude. Right. Like he was a really bad dude. So yeah. when when you're watching Christine, for example, you're kind of like, okay, so he's got a haunted car, and that's pretty much what you see in the movie. Like he's got a haunted car. Yeah. Um, whereas you realize that that dude went to great lengths to make there was a lot of stuff that happened that made the car kind of imbued with that yeah. negative energy and stuff. So Creepshow well, does that does that yeah. very well in that it well, leaves those weird things into the stories and doesn't make the stories that much longer. You just see right. how bizarre the characters really are. And that's that's the thing is because when you're pushing a 20-minute kind of time limit, you know, you, you don't have to pad it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can you pretty much just march straight ahead with it. And that's another thing that's pretty amazing about these because I don't think any of them feel padded maybe the first one but being that it's kind of a build-up kind of story it kind of works there i i I look at these as like i don't know if you did you ever watch any night gallery every now and then yeah whenever they were whenever i caught them but yeah this was like really good versions of night gallery (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know again 20 minute 30 minute time period yeah man they they were killing it on this i think and it's a roller coaster ride again with even with the second one the character that Stephen King's playing and the fact that he's such a numb skull and by the end of it you get the phobias right the one about getting in the tub the one mm-hmm. about going to the doctor and this being something that can't be cured and cutting body parts off and then when he gets in the tub it, it relieves him for a second but it makes it a whole lot worse and yeah and by the end of it you're you're you start feeling sorry for him as it goes along, but you find him very funny. And then you get the scene at the end where he puts the gun to his head, and you're just like, holy crap, man, this took a left turn really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he's I, being possessed by whatever it is that's growing on him. Like, yeah. There's, 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 I mean, and it's probably itchy and painful, and yeah. there's, all, there's all kinds of stuff that goes with it. But yeah, um, like you said, that that one, that did it, it, it's goofy. It's kind of funny. It's silly. It's bizarre, and then yeah. it's really dark. Just yeah. Literally, kaboom! <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah. And then the report, the report of rain coming, and uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you look outside, and of course, his house is already covered, and you see it just spreading. So you know it's just the rain's just going to make it go mm. worldwide. Kind of, kind of the same concept of Return of the Living Dead, but just in a different fashion, right? Exactly. The, the, the the ashes and whatever's in the ashes and the smoke going up into the sky collected in the clouds and rain back down just going to make it worse. You know, and man, on, on Scary Dad, we did, because we, we, we used to, we'd, we'd talk about movies and stuff, but every now and then when you watch a movie and then it, it, you, you've seen it, we, it was fresh eyes, obviously. We'd watch it with fresh mm-hmm. eyes as if, you know, but yeah. that one, Return of the Living Dead was one of those that struck me because I always, you know, it's funny. 
You know, it's got yeah. the chick da- dancing on the gravestones and then, you know, send more <laughs> cops, you know, you, you know, the talking zombies and the dog and everything. So there's just so much about it that's just, it's silly and it's a send up to, you know, it's a campy horror comedy. Yeah. But then you think about the, the ramifications of what that movie really means. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that, you know, you can't kill them. They don't die. Even if you chop them up into little pieces, they still don't die. If you burn them, they still don't yeah. die. Like there's no there's no getting rid of these things. And then, yeah. like if you're exposed to them at all, you become one, and then it's just painful forever. And it's just like, and then in the end, it's like they nuke everything. But then the smoke's just going to rain down. And it's going to spread. So that's the, that's the end of it all. Like it's a very right. very bleak movie yeah. for being as silly as as it is yeah Jordi Jordy is one of them as well yeah yeah absolutely it's uh, it's it's the 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 damnation of humankind right uh sometimes it's man-made sometimes it's something that's foreign to us yeah during all that conversation i was thinking of the alien movies kind of the same mm-hmm. deal right the perfect weapon and if you defend yourself against them you're still going to die, yeah. <laughs> you know? So what, what do you do, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave them alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole alien movie thing was like, you know, it, it, that's that the aliens could be a good, you know, it's like stand in for zombies because it's in zombies yeah. movies. It's yeah. never really that hard to like defeat the zombies to yeah. build a barricade against. It's always the infighting and the stupidity yeah. of the human of the survivors. And Aliens the same way. Yeah. Only it was the android that betrayed them. But it's like, they knew that there was something that was up to no good down there. And they should right. just leave it alone. Quarantine it. Nuke them, yep. from the, nuke them from above and just wipe out the colonies. But yep. nope. They want, to, they want to turn it into a weapon. And then it turns much, much worse. You know? Yeah. 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 Great, great examples. Stephen <laughs> King was on top of it. Yep. <laughs> All right, so, and I had forgot, like, I like before we recorded, I sat down because I'm always thinking of the Leslie Nielsen one. I forget the names of the stories, right? Like, yeah. I actually jotted down the names of the stories so that we could call them by their names, and I was like, I didn't realize <laughs> it was called Something to Tide You Over. It's something it's to just, Tide You Over. It's always, been, it's always been the Leslie Nielsen one. <laughs> but, oh. uh. Yeah. Uh, iconic. I mean. And this is this is kind of a weird throwback too because as a kid, Leslie Nielsen, he's your funny guy, right? For mm, us. So, so is Ted Danson. Right. So it's funny that because my dad grew up at the generation where Leslie Nielsen was always the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And so he said it was just as weird for us to see him as a bad guy as it was for them to see him as a comedy person because he was also always just grade A a-hole you know mm-hmm. and everything he was in and i believe it because i'm i'm just my next uh rad movie rama is gonna be uh day of the animals and he is the biggest a-hole on the planet in that movie <laughs> <laughs> almost like he is in this in this one right here man something to tide you over is wow you can't even believe it's the same guy you know well i remember when he passed away and I was reading a lot of the tributes because, again, I knew Leslie Nielsen from the Naked Gun, Gun yeah. movies. Um, you know, he was in a lot of did comedy cameos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
and uh, you know, reading the tributes, it was like, oh, he was such a serious actor, and he was classically trained, and he was he won awards for drama and Shakespeare, and I was like, the, that guy, like <laughs> you know, I've been swimming in raw sewage, I and I love, love it, it. <laughs> yeah. like that guy. But I mean, I believed it because he's really good, but. Yeah. It was just like I don't I don't see him in those roles, but apparently he had kind of a career shift, kind of yeah. midway through his career was like, oh well, I'll just start doing this funny stuff, and you know, landed Zucker Brothers, yeah, Zucker Brothers got a hold of him, and man, then he you know ended up doing Repossessed, <laughs> <laughs> Vampire, was it uh, Dead and Loving It, <laughs> Dead and yeah. Loving It, Dracula Dead and Loving It, yeah. But you know, yeah. <laughs> even even when he was not in good movies, he was good in them. Cause oh yeah, he just had that deadpan, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things about horror, like comedic actors in horror roles. Sometimes it makes them even scarier because you know that they're they're it's they're the epitome of the evil clown. In that you know, it's like oh, they're 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 they're. they're they're funny, haha, but no, they're funny. Uh. <laughs> right. right. But, uh, but yeah, the Leslie Nelson one's awesome. I love how he's got the, the, the cable running from the camera back to his house. Like, <laughs> just that's long a, cable. That's running. a lot of cable, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got it, he's got it on, the, on the spool on the back of his truck or his Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> and he just runs it from whatever TV he's going to, right? <laughs> but, man, talk about, again, it's all about the age of when you see this stuff. Because I think a little older, you just kind of go, oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. as a kid, you're going, holy crap, they're, they're in that sand, they can't move, and just the claustrophobia of just the water hitting in, you can't move. Uh, and how cynical to run a TV uh-huh. so while you're buried, you can see your lover, which is down the beach a ways, going through the same thing. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That's about it's, as e- <laughs> that's as evil of a twist as you can get, I think. Oh, yeah, it's super cruel. Yeah. And, you know, Ted Danson was always, he was funny, but he was always kind of the straight man of whatever yeah. thing he was in. He was kind of a little Cheers, bit more yeah. serious, a little bit more straightforward. Um, but to see him go like that, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, it. like you say, when you see, when you see stuff enough times, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is that one. You know, this is that middle middle story of creep show but right. then whenever you think about it in like wow that's <laughs> but but whenever they come back yeah like the, yeah. the impossibility of them coming back right so the fact that they can't do that because they're dead they're drowned they're buried in sand right. and drowned in the beach but the fact that they come back and they're all wet and covered in seaweed and stuff and you know like yeah it's, it's just it's incredible, and <laughs> and it would listen. You know, some pulling out the gun and shooting them, and this the black kind mm-hmm. of just black water runs out of them, and it doesn't do anything to them. I mean, it's just like holy smokes, man. I mean, again, them capturing the old you know EC comics or whatever they they base these off of. Yeah, this is the stuff of. 10 to 12 year old boys reading these comics and just turning the page and going, Whoa! Right? Yeah. It's exactly what they did here. And it's, it's, it's such a great example of what a movie like this can do. 
Um, yeah, it, it's it could be the standout part of this movie. I was going to say between between that one and the crate, yeah, like those those two because the the the, the fluffy monster and then of course yeah. we were just go ahead and move along because Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> positively, without a doubt, deserved everything she got. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> when he couldn't stand when her, she bitch, when she was bitching at him, and he pulls out the gun and just pops her, and you don't realize that he's just daydreaming. You're just like, whoa! <laughs> and everybody gives him the golf clip. Yeah, <laughs> nice shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, but yeah, that one, that one was yeah. always so awesome. The uh, yeah. The fluffy monster, whatever whatever kind of monster he is, wherever he comes from, you know, just what whatever is just brutal. Yeah. yeah. And but there's so many things in like modern horror movies where it's like they want a backstory and explain like he's killing because he's you know endangered. He's the last of his species. He's sympathetic. It's nope, not in this one. He's just nothing but teeth and claws. Right. And and, uh, and you are programmed to go absolutely insane when you're watching this too because. How long does it take them to open a box that says "Do not open"? I mean, they're right. just taking forever, and you're just like, "No, don't do it! Yeah, do Leave not. it alone!" <laughs> <laughs> Man, are you idiots? <laughs> well, it was like you know, it's like he kills the dude, and then everybody else is just kind of like, "Oh, like he must be around here somewhere." Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like no, this is the time to evacuate. Right, like you've got you've got something in a box out of a box, and the box says "Do not open." And now there's a dude that's just like splattered all over the place. Yeah, like let's let's get a a rayovac and like search under the stairwells and stuff. Right? You must really be in a bad relationship when instead of thinking about calling the police and having this looked at by professionals, you're thinking, "How can I get my wife down here?" <laughs> 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 which, which is again, that's that's the whole EC Comics thing. That right. you know, it's like that whole, you know, and again, back to Stephen King, you know, he 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 lived that life. If you've ever read yeah. his book on writing, like that that biography where he's just, you know, he was the undercover under the covers with the flashlight right. and the radio, reading these comic books and reading these sci-fi books and stuff, and just filling his brain full of monsters. And the way it pulls off, especially in this one, is just like you say. It's like you've got that guy that's like he's just put upon, and he just needs a way out. So if he feeds his wife to the the crazy box monster, then he'll be free, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yep. I, it absolutely terrified me. Fluffy scared the crap out of me as a kid. And first year I met Nicotero, he had. I don't know if it's the original one, but he had a version. It might have been it, but he had a version of, of Fluffy, and, you know, I'm sitting there beside it going, yeah, you know what? This don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is a good monster, man. Man, it's terrifying. Absolutely. And just the fact of the strength that it had, right? Because it, it takes that dude's head, grabs his face, and just... Rams his head against the wall, but then he just does his claws down, and it just like, I don't know, mm -hmm. totally Julie, Julianne's that dude's face, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and that that one, 
probably did the biggest number on me, but I, I, well, and we'll 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 go back and talk about them as a whole in a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's well, a good then, one. Then there's the notorious one, the the one yeah. that um, that is that is a one man's struggle to survive. I mean, just, yeah. it, just pure insanity, and whether or not it's his own mind going on him, or whether he's been sabotaged, or just any of the different ways, because you know all the phone calls, people bitching at him yeah. for ruining their lives. It's like right. if he, he's like he's, he's just kind of in his own little personal hell, and it's perfectly sanitized. But this one earns the title "Creep Show" because it is creepy. Yeah, and it's called "They're They're Creeping Up on You," <laughs> and yeah. uh, oof. Like and that's the one the kids would talk about at school. Yeah, and you you talk about the Leslie Nielsen one. You talk about the the seaweed on uh, on Sam from yeah. Cheers or something. Be like, but did you see the cockroach one? <laughs> right. Yeah. The cockroach one, man. That's I, and again, watching it not too long ago, that that one's a little hard to take just because it just really gets that ick factor on you, just like the creepy crawlies. The it itch. still works. Yeah, it totally. still works. I mean, it's, and that's something you can't pass by on this stuff either. I mean, some of the effects are made to look a little hokey because, again, it's the comic book world. But there's some that are just, in, just top notch, and this mm-hmm. is one of them for sure, man. The the scene at the end when his body just bust open, and they're crawling out of every nook and cranny of him. Unreal, unreal. Mm-hmm. Still looks fantastic. <laughs> again, still, yeah, you say, it, but, and uh, again, if you want to call, you know, rain them down from their scariest or their their most their coolest, or but this one certainly takes it for the creepiest. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it holds up. And again, watching it not too long ago, I'm squeamish watching it. I'm just yeah. kind of like, oh, I, I, I ugh. and you know, I'm not really that overly freaked out by bugs, but just. The way that they filmed it, the and just the way he's so freaked out about them, and the fact that they just keep coming out of everything, is uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing about every one of these stories too, the 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 people that this stuff happens to deserves it. So, mm-hmm. and that's of course that's the the uh, the documentary called Just Desserts, right? I mean, that's kind of the whole point of what it's about, and. Uh, yeah, man, you 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 want these people to have a bad ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And, but yeah, and man. I mean later on, it and I never forget that later on I figured out. Wait a minute, the guy with the cockroaches busting out of his neck is the same guy that's the president in Superman too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then you get your oh, closing scene, right? They got covered in cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, then the ending where the kid ordered a voodoo doll out of the back of the comic book uh-huh. and hates his dad so much that he's wanting to use a voodoo doll on him and, you know. It starts uh, working. Yeah, it starts working. And uh, <laughs> pretty messed, that's pretty messed up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, you know, Stephen King. Well, I mean, George Romero was never one to pull punches. Right. Stephen King doesn't pull punches at all. I mean, 
he he might be a you know people love an old fart now but back in the day he he'd stomp a dog to death just you know like yeah yeah it's true you know like he didn't personally do it but he he'd certainly uh set some characters on some some rampages that were not nice true and um again this is him at his this is stephen king top form yep i mean this is this right here was you know 1982 so he was just right at the top of his game as far as Mm -hmm. those early um i mean he's always been good but this was this was the best i think some of the best stephen king adaptations that that have been and uh at romero romero too man i mean romero this was this was kind of his heyday too, when he could get things past like Knight Rider, <laughs> you know, the Knight Riders movie. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Dawn Dawn of the Dead solidified him into. Yeah, what do you want to do next, George? Here's your money. Go do it, right? Yep. So yeah, it's it's one of those combinations that you kind of wish we would see again of some sort, and uh, doesn't always work out for the best, but. This one worked out. I I don't know if you could really do it any better. I don't think you could do. I don't think you could do it. I mean, the the only way you could do it better is have the same team come in and be Creep Show too. You right. know what I mean? Like like yeah. really. But then you think about it in the eighties too. They, there was a lot of anthology movies. You know, yeah. different. Like you had Tales from the Dark Side, which again mm-hmm. was Stephen King, but that was based off the TV show. Which Tales right. from the Dark Side. Um. Tales from the Crypt. Well, yeah, Tales from the Crypt too, but Tales from the Dark Side I remember because of the damn opening sequence where everything turns gray. Yeah, it's just like boom, and it's just like, uh, and there was some there's some Tales from the Dark Side that haunt me to this day. Like, yeah. um, I used, used to watch Tales from the Crypt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, love Tales from the Crypt, but oh yeah, I, I, it's like but the Tales from the Dark Side the movie was uh Stephen King <laughs> written I believe or at least a couple yeah. of the stories were um but this holds up man again I didn't I yeah. it, it wasn't a couple three months ago that I watched it just for the hell of it and yeah I was found myself just as squeamished out by the cockroaches just as kind of like you say kind of like man, the cable running from the jeep. Like how sadistic do you have to be to run? Like, like there was no Wi-Fi back then. You were running like RG six. <laughs> like, I just yeah, I just wish they would have showed him like you know crimping the ends and putting the the twisties on. And... You no, know, but it's just um, like you say, it just holds up. And good writing, yeah. Good, good, good storytelling does. You know, yeah. And. uh you know, again, at Anthony, like House. The House movies were awesome. Remember those? They, I mean, first, first two for sure. Than, I absolutely loved. You know, but the, yeah, yeah, House and House Two. But um, you know, like there were a lot of anthologies type things that people did, in even with comedies. You know, like your your off the wall comedies like Airplane and you know yep. Naked Gun and stuff. That just, I mean, it all kind of got pigeonholed into the scary movie series. Like if a Wayans yep. brother was making a, a a goofy comedy, otherwise there wasn't no goofy comedies. Uh, but yeah, back in the eighties there was a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, Creepshow yeah. came back as a series on Shutter. Have you seen it? 
I haven't had a chance to watch them yet, but I want to. Um, I've watched a couple of them. They're all right. They're not. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's very much a throwback to this old school stuff. Um, I just don't sure. have a whole lot of time but to Nick sit there and just watch hours of TV. But it's it is it right. is good. I enjoy it. So um, Nick Nicotero, right? Isn't mm-hmm. Nick Nicotero doing it? So yeah, it's got my vote. So yeah, I just I'm the same way. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I was too busy watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, if we can talk about you know two weeks ago again, Cobra Kai is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. So, uh, have you have, have you watched The Boys? Have not. Okay, so Elizabeth Shue is in The Boys, right? Hmm. And spoilers or whatever, but she does not. She does, she she's in the second season, but she's not in the second season very much. Hmm. And I want I like I want to say that because she's probably going over to Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've, yeah. Like, I've already heard like they, that that was happening. So they they might they they thought she were going to have maybe a little bit bigger role in part in season <laughs> two, but then looks like she's going to go uh, right. moderate the warring karate gyms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break real quick, and we will come back okay. and talk about. Five years ago, Stephen King and George Romero, two masters of the macabre, created their hallmark of horror, Creepshow. Many would argue that nothing of significance has happened since. Until now. Maybe you don't get out much. Oh, this is crazy. This is totally crazy. Maybe you're always running late. I gotta go. Or maybe you just have other things on your mind. They gotta make me a movie star. But if you only make it to one scary film all year, make it one you remember all year long. (laughs) Creepshow 2. You like movies that will keep you stuck in your chair. Stephen King and George Romero have conjured up an all-new creep show. No! No! That's impossible! Just for you. I mean, what is it? I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. So don't just sit there. I'm going to swim for it right now. Walk. <laughs> Run. Swim if you have to. I got you! But whatever you do, don't take your time. Because the scares come twice as quickly in... I beat you! Creep Show 2. All right, we are back. And, yeah. Creep Show 2. Part 2. And again, this one just kind of lives in my psyche. Like, the first yeah. one was, was there, and we would talk about it in school, and we'd watch it, and we'd see it on TV. But Part 2, and even then, I remember not 
too terribly long ago when Scott and I were doing a scary dad and he was watching creep show too, but it was on, when I showed up to his house, it was on uh, the hitchhiker, which is the, the, the third segment of the movie. And I was like, Oh, the creep show. Yep. He's like, yeah, part two. Like, so it was just like all the only, the only one in my head that was creep show two specifically stood out was the raft, you know, because that's that's just one of them but we'll start at the beginning and go to old chief woodenhead <laughs> chief woodenhead man yeah <laughs> this is this is another one like you were talking about like i've got a huge collection of horror comics i don't have a whole lot of the old school ecs or <clears throat> or weird tales or whatever because those pre uh Comics code ones, even in crappy condition, can run you a couple hundred bucks for a single issue, and <clears throat> they're they're kind of hard to find and they're expensive because everybody likes them. Mm -hmm. But I've got a lot of the reprints, and a lot of those stories are they're pretty short and sweet. Like they don't do a whole lot because the 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 books themselves were again anthology, so you'd have you know four or five stories in one regular size comic books. So if you think about, you know, like a Batman comic where he's got like a story or two, um, with the horror comics, they'd have, you know, three or four. So they'd have to, the stories themselves would have to be shorter and yeah. get to the good stuff pretty quick. So you'd usually have your exposition in the first couple panels and then, mm -hmm. you know, whatever sets the monster off in the next couple panels and then two or three pages of mayhem. And that's exactly how Chief Woodenhead works. Yeah. Because that's pretty much, we were talking at the beginning of like Father's Day, how there's a little bit of dialogue that's a little confusing. There's nothing confusing in this one. Right. <laughs> like, um, old Chief Woodenhead takes out the trash pretty good. <laughs> he, he, he gets to business, doesn't he? I, it's, uh, again, uh, Savini work, right? I mean, it's... it's. <laughs> hey, we need you to make a wooden Indian that can go around and kill some bad guys. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, he uses, uses the spray paint to, like, fix his war paint. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the wooden fingers. And, again... This is all before CGI. This is yeah. all practical effects. There was no Terminator 2 back then. So, right. uh, you know, like everything you see on the screen is not what it seems, but it is what it is. Like you're not, you don't have any green screen or, you know, it's all practical effects or animation, um, which yeah. they did They did with, uh, with Chief Woodenhead. They did a bit more animation in this one in, in general, too, because even the opening and the closing goes to a more animated kind of feel mm -hmm. versus the straight-up comic kind of feel of the, of the first. So, yeah, there's some differences, but the stories are still solid. I mean, you absolutely hate these kids that come in here and mess up George Kennedy's place, and yeah, you, you, you want them to get knocked off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's fun too because you know, you know, like you know what's coming as soon as yeah. Chief Woodenhead starts moving, and it's kind of shown in the shadows of just like his hands and like little shots of his face, and he's yeah. he's getting. But then he gets that tomahawk and starts walking, and you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> he's he's gonna he's gonna take care of some business, and he takes care of some business. 
and but uh, in today's standard too, I mean that's something that people would go, oh man, they just cut to a silhouette, you know, of him walking. It's like, well, you kind of had to because you don't want to, <laughs> you know, you're limited on what you can do. So mm-hmm. there's some things you have to let your imagination take over, and that's something we've really lost. And I know yeah. we probably say, say this as generations go on because. That's what made the 50s and 60s movies work was what happens here instead of what happens on the screen. I think we were kind of the last group to actually do that. I think from the 90s on, we made a mistake of showing everything, mm-hmm. and and it kind of kills it. I agree, because we were watching Beetlejuice the other night, and I mean, we could do a show on how perfect Beetlejuice is, right? Yeah, sure. But, but there is claymation, there's choppy animation, there's practical makeup effects that don't necessarily, you know, it's like not specifically smoothly, smoothly CG'd or whatever. Right. And, but I remember watching that movie in the theater when it came out and it was so real. It was yeah. so thorough. Like I didn't notice all of that stuff until I was older and right. then been up against CGI for so long. I didn't realize that it was so like it was it was as real as anything whenever I saw it. So, like, I think you're right. You get a little bit spoiled to what you what you see all the time, and like you have the lights turned on too much. You know, yeah. Even if even when you watch old movies like The Terminator or whatever, it's like whenever he's fixing his eye, like cutting his eye out and stuff, you can tell it's a yeah. rubber head. It didn't look like a rubber sure. head back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the mentality back then, too, is this is a one-time pass kind of deal. I mean, unless you just absolutely love the movie, the chances of you buying it were very mm-hmm. slim. Whereas now, you just go to Walmart and buy whatever movie you want or order it off of Amazon. So back then, the movie experience, it's going to look real that first time because you can't sit and analyze it. Mm-hmm. But But when you buy a copy of it and you watch it, a thousand times, right? You start <laughs> right. saying, "Wait a minute, that's that's that CGI looks pretty weak now." Well, yeah, it does because it was state of the art at the time. But uh, I don't know. That's that's one of those things we've lost, right? Uh, it's just it's one of those things I get sad about because mm-hmm. we have allowed the effect to take over the movie experience. So, in other words. So we should get all the remakes because all they do in the remakes is just do better effects because they don't really add to the story mm-hmm. in most cases. There was a conversation about this today on Facebook, but you know, remakes just kind of they up they up the level and try to make it a little more modern, but they don't give it any really new life as far as the story itself or anything. So yeah, it, it ends up making it more stale. Yeah, whoopity do the the effects are a little better. Mm-hmm. but you don't care anything about any of the characters. So it's amazing that a movie like Creepshow, if you don't have compassion for George Kennedy, then you know, you're in the wrong movie because that's the way this is built. That's right. that's who you're that's really who you're taking the ride with. And Chief Woodenhead is the uh the equalizer. <laughs> yeah. The 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 avenging spirit for sure. Well, and then Again, we started off talking about the raft. It's probably the one that's most notorious out of the whole, other than the co- right. cockroach uh, segment. The raft is probably the most notorious uh, segment from a, the Creepshow series. And what 
what do you get when you put a whole bunch of teenagers on a raft and throw a half-inflated garbage bag into the lake? And it's absolute <laughs> horror, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it, when you see it out, when you see that just floating around, you're like, yeah, it kind of looks a little ridiculous, right? But what happens when it actually gets a hold of people? It's it, still mind-boggling how those effects are so good. Mm-hmm. And they're so gross. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's like you know it's kind of like the blob or whatever, but it's it's that's it's exactly like what I was thinking. It's a tar blob, so it's like even though it's peeling off, it's still in that like black and gray gook. Like, yeah. and it's it's tar. The stuff you always drug your fishing line through when you were a kid. You were like, get that crap off my line, right? <laughs> so I've got got a funny story about the raft and in in real life. Hmm. So years and years ago. Uh, we went to, we rented a condo at this place. We had an event going to, so it was me and my friend Terrence, me, me and Meg, my friend uh, Terrence and uh, his girlfriend, everybody's married with children now. And I think I was married back then. But anyway, so we go, we're staying at this place and it's off of River and Lake in New Braunfels. But there's this, this swimming hole, but it's a paid swimming hole. So you have to like walk up and pay like $5 to get into the swimming hole. And they got a chain link of fence that goes around it. And the, the, the river passes through under the chain link fence. And then, like, this is the property we're staying on. So we wanted to go swimming, but we didn't get back in time. And so the place was closed. So we were outside in the yard playing Frisbee. And I noticed that there was a hole in the chain link fence. Somebody had cut the cut a hole in the chain link fence. And it had been there for a long time. This is where the neighborhood kids mm. go in there to, to go swimming. Yeah. So it's... It's a pond. It's a it's a like it's a pond that's been dammed off part of a river. So the water's actually flowing a little bit, slow flow, and it's got one of those rafts in the middle of it, out you know. And it's a relative. It's not a huge. It's maybe two or three Olympic sized pools worth of water. So it's not a massive like it's not a lake. Like you're not gonna yeah. get in a boat and go ride on it. Yeah. But, the thing's out there, you know, a couple, maybe 200 yards or something. So sun goes down. Terrence and I decide we're going to go swimming. So go through the hole in the chain link fence. <laughs> Funny thing is my wife's like, don't come back. Like, don't bash your head on a rock. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to bash my head on a rock. <laughs> so we go down there, <laughs> swim swim out to the raft, right? Hop in, hop in the water, swim out to the raft. Get to the raft, pull ourselves out, sit on the raft. Both of us are like, damn, this is kind of like creep show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we rest for a minute. It's like, all right, let's go ahead and swim back to the to the to the shore. So we both hop in, swim. There's no garbage monster. We're fine. But we get out, hang out for a bit, then decide, okay, let's go back up the hill. You know, get back with the girls, make some dinner. So we're going back through the hole in the fence, and it's raise my head just slightly and i feel it ah it is the cut and the chain link fence that galvanized steel just oh, yeah. thunk right into the top of my head like a staple Ooh. doesn't hurt but i just it almost it, it itched it didn't hurt but it was just kind of like thunk I'm like uh-oh anyway so we're <laughs> we didn't even have towels we would just walk down the hill 
So we're walking back up the hill. It's dark outside. We're sitting there talking. <laughs> and uh, I reach up and I scratch my itching head and I pull my hand away. And it is just absolutely <laughs> covered in blood. But like just abs, like I'm just it's it's like Carrie, right? From right. <laughs> it's just like I mean, I've got a flow of blood coming out the top of my head, and it did never like it never hurt nothing. I'm like, hey man, so like we go step into this porch light, and I need you to take take a look at me, man. He's like, oh my god, <laughs> what did you do? So I got this like puncture wound in the top of my head, and it's bleeding out my hair and down my face. <laughs> and I wasn't wearing a shirt, so like, but the the lake water was all on me, so I'm like just completely just drenched in blood, like I said, like like Carrie style. Oh, and man. I was like, okay, well, we got to run some damage control on this because my wife specifically told me not to bash my head in, and now we're walking back up the hill, and I'm bleeding from a from a head wound here, right? So <laughs> we get up the hill. I'm like, go inside and like explain what happened before anybody sees me because i don't have it i can't wipe it off like right like i'm just and uh, he goes but they happen to be outside so she sees me freaks absolutely out which of course makes me start laughing because i'm just like i'm fine and yeah you're not hurt yeah <laughs> like she's like freaks out and when she realizes i'm fine she just like slaps me like oh my god you scared <laughs> the hell out of me I'm like that's fine just let me go take a shower. So I took a shower, got all cleaned off, but she was mad at me for like the whole rest of the trip. I'm like, dude, I didn't mean to get hurt. <laughs> Poking a, a hole in the top of my head was not on my agenda, but <laughs> I told you specifically. <laughs> that was the problem was I was told probably because I laughed, but anyway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, the, the whole character building in the raft too, because you got the guy that's infatuated with the girl, and you know you, you kind of get a, a weird touchy feely thing that happens, and then wow, it just again just the movie knew how to drive you and and make the turns, and you not know where it was going to happen, which is very unusual for mm -hmm. movies like this. Uh. I, I, I think the Ralph is one of the better ones out of both movies as far as execution. And uh, that's just my thought on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, it's like you can't you can't go to a lake and see one of those rafts yeah, out absolutely. in a lake somewhere without thinking of this clip yep. of this movie. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, Call it, call it what it is, you know, the sexual harassment scene where he's like, she's asleep and he starts feeling yeah. her up. And you're like, okay, well, that's bizarre. Well, that's actually in the book. It's in, mm. like, that's Stephen King. It's in Skeleton Crew. And mm. it explains that essentially whatever the the, the, the monster was, was uh, hypnotizing them. It was, trying to, it was trying to throw their concentration off so that it could get them. Like, wow. And so. It, who, like, knew, it who knew that? Who knew that pond scum could be so smart? Yeah. Well, it was it was working. It was like it was described as kind of like almost like a snake where it would just kind of hold you and like mm. get into your head, right? Yeah. So in the in the book, they, he didn't just like start randomly feeling her up. They were just sitting there trying to pass the time and figure out something to do. And it just literally popped into the both of their minds. Like, here's a way we can kill some time. But it's like... Something just popped up. Yeah. It just... <laughs> and, and, and... But then, then like... 
once they were doing it, then it crawled up, up under the raft and got her. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, there's so many layers to that one too, because yeah, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a trash bag monster. It's the, it's the tar trash monster, monster. And, but yeah. and it doesn't do anything, but just float around. And you get the but, guy that swims back and beats it and gets to the, 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 the you know, the other side and gets out and says, I beat you. And it just <laughs> reaches up and grabs him and. Yep. Wow. Never had a chance, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is one of those whenever you escape from the trash monster, you just get up and keep running. <laughs> right. They're yeah, hopping don't stop the cars it. and, like, don't stop, turn around and start making fun of the, of the trash monster because <laughs> it doesn't have your best interest at heart. <laughs> and then the final one. The brutal. Yeah. The brutal one, man. This is one that either people don't like because they think it's too funny. I've I've seen people just laugh all the way through it. And then there's ones like me whose imagination got the best of them and it terrified me. <laughs> I never really thought, I never thought it was funny. I mean, I remember my dad cracking jokes about how like like he somebody would cut him off in traffic or something. He'd be like, "Thanks for the ride, lady." <laughs> right. You know, something like that. Like he turned it into a joke, but the the mood, the show itself, I never thought yeah. that it was uh, particularly funny. I mean, it's got his couple little scenes where you're like, "Oh, you think she's getting away?" But then he just kind of pops up out of nowhere and <laughs> like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm still." Uh, I'm but still I mad. think what it is is. It it reminds us of and this is just it just popped in my head, but remember the uh, on the Looney Tunes when Daffy Duck's trying to be Robin Hood, and he goes yikes in a way, and he swings and hits the next tree, yikes in a way, and he hits the next yikes, and, and that's kind of what this is, except somebody's doing that to this guy. Yeah. You know, it goes from "Thanks for the ride, lady" to "Thanks for the ride, lady." Right? Because she keeps she, well, she she keeps bashing him up with her car that's already Man. killed him. Gets him and, against a tree is just like. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, he's not really there, so that's what's yeah. that's kind of the thing is she's yeah. just did, like she's been haunted by her own guilt, and yeah. that's that you know that makes it quite creepy. And then her husband comes home at the end and like after she's bashed her car all up and it's like leaking smoke and stuff, then, yeah, you know, but all the, all the investigators are going to think is like, Oh, she hit a hitchhiker and then just couldn't live with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because that's, that's what it looks like at the end. Right. Just but, desserts. <laughs> but yeah. And then just, he kind of reminds me of, uh, Homeboy in American Werewolf, because he's just, like, every time you see him, he's just that much worse. Yeah. And that much Getting worse. And that much worse. He looks like Uncle Woody from Sanford and Son, but he goes through the transformation like, yeah, like dude does in American Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, I just, I just, again, at the age when, when this came out, my horror movie viewing had had been pretty limited. I'd seen what's considered the classics, your Halloween, Friday the 13th, that stuff. This was unlike anything I'd seen at this time because the short stories, all these different characters, 
just it was intriguing because you had monsters, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't some just a regular old lunatic running around killing people. This was actual monsters or people becoming monsters or uh like I said, it just it reminded me of of uh Night Gallery but with more of the actual monster part being involved. So I think that was the draw for me. And yeah, they never get old. Mm -mm. Well, and that's, you know, so many of the movies, because we, whether it's Karate Kid or whether it was Jaws 3 or whether it was just about anything else, you know, you have to remember, well, we remember for the the young ones out there that don't remember or... No, never had this experience you know it's like you had you'd have basic cable you know and mm-hmm. basic cable had like news channels and then it had and, and, and we didn't have infomercials back then you know like you'd right. have you'd have commercials for things like medicare or you know some like extra long commercials for something something of that nature you know maybe the franklin mint selling plates but we didn't have entire <laughs> channels of uh of commercials like we do now like infomercial commercials, yeah. but like channels and, and QVC and all that stuff. We we had shows, and those shows were maybe edited for TV. So sometimes, you know, you'd see a movie that you never knew had bad words in it until you saw it one day at your friend's house, and you're like, oh, wow. You know, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There, there were different versions of movies, and then there were movies that, that were just on all the time. And yeah. creep, shows, creep Show and Creep Show 2 were were two of them that were just they're just in rotation they were on hbo um you know i don't i don't remember people having vhs's of them i just remember seeing them on tv all the time yeah and uh you know but you saw them and again you could watch you could sit down and watch it for 20 minutes um and then go out and play you know go do something else you didn't have to sit there and watch the whole film and a lot of times right. we didn't. Like when we were kids, you just you didn't. You roll in on your skateboard and get a bologna sandwich and watch TV for twenty minutes and then bounce again because that's you know that's yeah. what we did. We weren't we weren't stuck on screens all the time. Uh, True. So that's what makes it so good is it's just part of the psyche and it's just mm-hmm. these again they're they're not good guys. It's not it's yeah. not like you know it's like. You know, say what you want about the Friday the Thirteenth kids deserving it. Nobody deserves to get impaled like that. Like even if they <laughs> even if they have sex, they're they're innocent victims, whether they're likable or not. They didn't do anything well, to really deserve getting stabbed. The people yeah. in Creepshow, you're kind of rooting for them to go down because they absolutely don't, they're not good guys. So it's kind of it's almost yeah. more fun because you're like, yeah, get him. <laughs> it's more fun, but it also gives you. A a you're reflecting on your own morals because you are determining these people are bad. And like you said, Friday the Thirteenth, they're doing what typical teenage kids do, right? But we're seeing people that are cheating on their spouses, being abusive. I mean, we're seeing this stuff in these movies, and morally, you're saying, "Yeah, man, these <laughs> these people are bad, bad people." So. In a weird kind of way, you're you're kind of getting taught good versus evil. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and don't feel up the sleeping chick whenever the uh, yeah trash monsters no, floating around. Tried it, doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she looks a whole lot better with her face on. Yes, <laughs> and you look better without your leg folded up against your face like this when you get yep. 
pulled down. So, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh, man, I've had fun with this one. The Creepshow yeah. series has always been good. Hey, guys, again, we're not turning into a horror show. This is just the Halloween spooky season. Next week, we're going to touch on something, another series, something like The Evil Dead or uh, something like that. I don't, I'm not sure yet. We've got to discuss, but we've got a lot of stuff on the agenda. You guys rooted and voted, so we're going to do a real deep dive into the Universal Monsters. Did you yeah. know that uh, Bruce the Shark is a Universal Monster? Yes, he is. So yeah. we've, we've got uh, a lot to st- lot to talk about. And um, so, yeah, we're awesome. creeping, toward, creeping towards Halloween. So everything's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Everything and is awesome. It is. So, yeah, we will see you next week. Absolutely. Absolutely.